All right, why don't you get your Bibles? The B-I-B-L-E. In the middle of worship. I love the Holy Spirit so much. And, you know, sometimes... I love preaching with my husband, so sometimes, I mean, I don't mind preaching by myself, but sometimes I'm like, oh, I just want my hubby. And uh, God was very specific with me, and I just felt God say, I've got you today in the middle of praise and worship. Let's, let's declare some things. Say, this is my Bible. I can have what the Word of God says I can have. I can do what the Word of God says I can do, and I am what it says I am. All right. Well, I am not preaching your typical Mother's Day message. I'm not going to give the one, two, threes of how to be the best mom ever. That is not what God told me to minister on. God put this on my heart months ago. I have literally been studying for this message for months, and yesterday I spent pretty much the entire day uh, talking to God, reading his word, typing. I could literally do a series on the topic this morning, and the topic is when God says no. Why on earth would God want that topic on Mother's Day? Because God is fully aware of a lot of mothers' hearts. God is fully aware that a lot of women are hurting on Mother's Day. God is fully aware that there are broken dreams God is fully aware, and God cares about each and every one of you. Now, this is not just even a topic for moms. This is a topic for every man in this room, for everyone watching online. Because at some point in your life, and it's all throughout the Word of God, God is going to say no. And we don't we're faith preachers. We don't usually talk about this, right? In fact, when I went online, I'm like, who else has ever preached on this? I found a few, but they were a few because it's not, in fact, I've never preached on this. My husband's never preached on this, but yet it is in the word of God. And the Bible does say that some things are going to happen while you're here on this earth that are not lovely. See, we, can, we love when God says yes and everything's going great and we're on the mountaintops. But what do you do when all hell is breaking loose? What do you do when your heart is in a puddle and you're broken? Those times in life do come. And what do you do? <laughs> what do you do when you prayed for something and you close the casket? What do you do when every fiber in your being thought this is what it's supposed to look like, and it doesn't look like that? Okay, I'm going to give you quickly some examples in the Word of God of when God said no. And the first one I'm going to start out with is Jesus. On Easter Sunday, Aaron and Lazar so beautifully depicted the life of Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane. If you were here, he was right here, and he was crying and weeping. And why was he crying and weeping? Because he was asking God if there's any other way. Please, I don't want to do this. 
But God didn't say, yes, I love you so much, my son, that I'll change it for you. God said, no, this is what you're going through. Now, I am not saying that God causes bad things in your life. Please hear me loud and clear. But there are certain things that we go through that God has allowed us to go through, and he wants to make something beautiful on the other side of it. What Jesus went through was horrific, but God knew there was going to be beauty on the other side of it. But I'm telling you, when you're in the middle of going through something, that is not the first thing on your mind. Am I right? That is not what we're thinking. We're thinking there is no stinking way that there's any beauty or any good out of this. That's what all of us are thinking. Number two, Apostle Paul. And I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 for this one. 2 Corinthians 12. We're going to verse 7, and this is out of the New King James. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. Now, I'm not going to be here to tell you what that thorn in the flesh was. Theologians have debated over this for years. There are some that say it was his eyes because there is some reference to there was something with his eyes. There are some that say it was the Jews because he was constantly being uh, threatened and persecuted and tormented by the, by the officials and the Jews. But it doesn't matter. There's a thorn in the flesh, okay? So it says, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. See, he already knew that this is going to, what does buffing do? When, I, I like to buff my rings and get them all shiny. What does it make? It, it makes it pretty, doesn't it? So he's, say, he's already saying, this thorn in the flesh, I'm going to choose to make myself better as a result of this. It's buffeting me. Lest I be exalted above measure. Sounds like a humble guy, doesn't it? Concerning the thing I pleaded with the Lord three times. He didn't just ask God for the answer yes once. Not just twice, three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Could you please tap your neighbor and say his grace is sufficient for you? For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Do you know whatever you go through in life that you can come out stronger on the other side? In fact, most of us that have gone through a few things in life, you can honestly say, well, I'm a stronger individual after I went through that. I know I, would, I can say it. There are things that I did not want to go the way they went. I have things that went amazingly. I've seen miracles. I've seen 
amazing things that went right, but I've also seen some unanswered prayers the way I wanted them answered. But I can see on the other side some amazing things because I'm a different person because of going through them. I have been made stronger. Let's look at Moses. Remember Moses? And as Moses got bigger, he was called by God to free the Israelites from the Egyptians. Remember him? And, uh, but God had a different way of doing that than Moses thought God should do it. And the timing, have you ever been frustrated with God's timing? <laughs> I could raise both hands if I could. There are times when I'm like, I want it and I want it now. Just kind of like a, chi- a spoiled child, you know? I want it now. And Moses ended up killing one of those Egyptian taskmasters. That wasn't a part of the whole God's plan. But that one costly thing that Moses did, doing it his way, you realize it co- if you read, read your Bible, it cost him 40 years. And I'm not talking 40 years in the wilderness. I'm talking 40 years before he got to start the process. That was a costly mistake of doing it our way versus God's way. You know, many times when God says no, we try to help him out, don't we? Anybody ever tried to help God out? I'm going to help you out, God, because this ain't going the way I want. (laughs) Sometimes we get angry. Sometimes we get bitter. I am challenging you today. When God says no, it's time to get better. It's time to be usable by God. Because when you go through those times, your character changes. You change. My next example is my own daughter. I was praying, and God just brought her right. My, my oldest daughter is Vanessa. And uh, Vanessa was a cheerleader when she was um, in school. And her freshman year, she had the most amazing squad or team. What, that, in fact, I remember we all got together as parents and coaches. And the head coach, I wasn't coaching yet, But the head coach said, if we're ever going to win state, world, whatever we enter, this is our year. Half of the squad was seniors, and they had cheered their whole life. They were great tumblers. They were everything. My daughter was a freshman, but they had the, we had the A squad and we had the B squad. The A squad got to compete. The B squad got to do games. The A squad got to do both. So, My daughter, as a freshman, was a great tumbler, so she got put on the A squad. And there were two freshmen. I think there was uh, one sophomore, two juniors, and the rest were all seniors. It was stacked. And we're not talking seniors that are just green. We're talking they were good. So we start practices. We start going. And it is in the fall of that year. State is in January. These, this team was, mwah. I mean, stunts like crazy. I don't know how much y'all know about cheer, but we're talking, 
you know, we could throw them, we could do it. We did whatever was the limit for high school because there are rules, and we would, we would push that rule to the max of, well, we have the, we have the ability to do whatever we want, so we're going to do it. So this one particular practice, we were, they were pulling a stunt, and my daughter was what's called a side base. And the flyer was, they were doing a, they, at that point, triples were legal. We were th- throwing a triple. And the flyer's elbow came down on the top of my daughter's head. And my daughter, she was out for a while. And like I said, I wasn't coaching at that point. So the coach, I get that call. Um, you need to come get your daughter she was out for a while. We're pretty sure we have a concussion here going. You need, you need to come take her and probably get her checked. So, yes, so the, the, the short story is my daughter had a severe concussion, the kind that took her out of school for two months. We're faith preachers. We're pastors. We believe in healing. I needed the instant healing. Because this was my daughter's chance to win, win it all with the team. Because we knew once the seniors all went bye-bye, it's called what they call a rebuilding year. You know what that looks like? Where you don't have the ability to win, but you're just training people. My daughter had to walk out two months of not only not getting to cheer and compete, but staying home in a dark room. Because she couldn't handle light. She couldn't handle sound. She couldn't even come in during worship here at IBC. Because the sound was just more than she could handle. She would stay in the office. And then she would come on in for the message. Because it was just, it was overwhelming. And we're pastoring through this. We're laying hands on other people and seeing them instantly healed. Yeah, I'm talking about it. I'm seeing all kinds of miracles in front of me, and I have to go home to a daughter who is really in pain. A daughter who's begging God, not only take this pain away, but my dreams are going bye-bye. She was healed, completely healed, but not when I wanted it, not when she wanted it. I'll never forget our senior year. We thought we might have a chance at winning it all her senior year. We came in second. And I remember I drove her home because she was just crying. And she said, it was my last chance, Mom. This is it. I'm not going to cheer for college. This was it. And I looked at her and I said, sometimes, honey, you can, you can get bitter or you can get better. And you got to decide. Are you going to be a better person as a result of this? Or are you going to get mad at God? She chose to get better. She's out helping people. She's a counselor. But every one of us in this room have that same choice. Deuteronomy 29. And verse 29 says, The Lord our God has secrets known to no one. We are not accountable for them. My husband teases. He says, when I get to heaven, I got a list of questions for God. I bet you do too. Am I right? 
There are things that we don't understand. Do I understand why my daughter had to walk out her healing rather than have the instant healing that I've seen? I've actually seen instant healing in my own life. I mean, physical things that the doctor said I had, and just like that, God healed them, and by the next day, they were completely gone. Do, do I have the answers for you today? No, I don't, but I have the one and only true God who is a faithful God who will turn whatever is your, in your middle of your tragedy and your hell that you're going through. I have a God who will turn that for better if you allow him to. I have another verse for you. And I have a, I call it a file folder for this verse. Deuteronomy 29, 29. Actually, I, it, my husband calls it, this is what his file folder is called, but God. If you ever hear my husband say that, that means he's probably going through something. And his file folder is called, but God. I'm not going to get to that verse just yet. No, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to flip verses on you back there. I'm going to Deuteronomy 33, 25. I'm flipping verses. And it says, as your days, so shall your strength be. You ought to have that plastered all over. When you have the roughest day ever, and you might be in the car, you might be in your bathroom, you might be in your bed, you got to remember this verse because it's the time when everything's going horrific, when your heart is broken, this is the verse to pull out. As your days, so shall your strength be. Everybody say it together. As your days, so shall your strength be. As your days, every one of us have so many days. As your days, so shall your strength be. I want to give you a quote by a man named Mark Batterson. It says, if you can trust God when the answer is no, you're likely to give him praise when the answer is yes. Christina, would you join me? I need the, your microphone, sweetheart. I'm going to say that verse again as she's coming up. If you can trust God when the answer is no, you're likely to give him praise when the answer is yes. Christina, you had told me about a story, and we were just having one of those girly conversations. And in that, I knew she needed to share quickly this story of a time in your life when you had to, knew you had to make a choice. What was between that? Bitter and better. Um, so some of you know, some of you don't. We had a baby in between Zoe and Christopher. And when all of that happened, she would be seven in April. When all of that happened, I went down the path of bitter. That's the path I chose. I was very angry and very upset. Because being word of faith for as long as I had been, I was saved at five, spirit filled at eight. I walked it out. I did everything I was supposed to do. And that baby didn't live. There's no coming back. And I remember one day at my house with my family, my dad said something, and I could tell my bitter came out real strong. And I said, well, faith's a gamble, isn't it? You roll your dice, maybe he will, maybe he won't. Doesn't really matter, does it? And my family was a little shocked. And we kind of had a, a debate within the family. And I said, you can't take my experience away from me. I can prove to you faith doesn't work. 
my reality was trumping God's truth. Because my reality was, it didn't work. And right after that, I had a moment with God where the Holy Spirit had to say, he asked me very clearly, he said, do you believe God is good? Yes or no? It was very black and white for me. There was no gray. And that word good, there's depth to it. He wasn't just saying, do you believe God's a good God? Yay. He was saying, do you believe that God loves you, that that baby was meant for you, that you were triumphant every time, you were victorious every time, God comes through every time. Do you believe God is good, yes or no? And I knew I had to make that choice, bitter or better. I was never going to denounce God and not go to heaven. I believed in God, Jesus, but my walk was going to be different. Or was I going to say, no, God is a good God, and put his truth above my reality and let it go? I had to let go. I had to let go of the why. I had to be okay with letting go of the why. And it was a process, and I cried a lot. But in the end, I said, no, God, you are good. Your word is truth. And no matter what the why or my experience, you want me blessed. You want me prosperous. You are a good God. You love me. And you want to give me that no matter what. And the minute I chose the path of better, my relationship grew. You grow stronger. I went through it. And I knew from that point forward, it didn't matter what happened in the future. God was a good God. Amen. And I had to walk that out because then I got pregnant with Christopher and someone said, are you going to tell people you're pregnant? Because losing a child is one thing and then telling people about it is a whole nother thing. And I knew in that moment the Holy Spirit said, is God a good God, yes or no? And that was my moment of, am I going to fall back on, hmm, back to the, my reality that had happened? Or am I going to stand strong on, no, God's a good God? And I said, nope, I'm going to post about it. And I'm going to tell people, because God's a good God. No matter the outcome of this, I'm believing God's truth. God's truth. He is a good God. So it's a hard process. And I had two roads. Everyone does when you have something taken from you that you can never get back. You have a choice to make. And walking out that God was good grew me so much and brought me to where I am today. It's a path that you would want to take. Thank you. So I was thinking of other stories, even within our church. I was thinking back, Tom, to you when Gwen was here. And right around the time that Gwen was here was when Theo was here. Theo was a man who walked in. I did not know him. There was a healing line. He came up for healing. And as soon as, right as I was about ready to put my hands on him, I heard God say, he's about ready to die. And I looked at him and I said, spirit of death, come off this man right now. That man lived for another 10 years right here in this building. Laid hands on Gwen. Prayed for the power of God to hit her. Prayed that she would live and not die. She went to be with Jesus. You're all following me. You all live in the same world I do. 
You lay hands on some and you watch amazing instant things happen. You lay hands on another and they go to be with Jesus. That wasn't what I asked for, God. And I watched a broken man, but I watched him choose better over bitter. And I watched God bless him because of it. And I watched him get a beautiful bride named Karen. We all have the same choice in life. There are things that don't go the way we had them planned. But I'm telling you, God's ways are far better. Does that mean we don't pray? No, absolutely. God says he's looking to and fro for us, for people who will diligently cry out to him and pray. Romans, we're going to Romans chapter 5 now. Romans 5 verse 3 says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Remember I told you right at the beginning, your character depends on how you respond when things say, nope, not now, or nope. You know, most of our prayers sometimes are around us. We changed that last, last week. If you were here, we talked about, what are we praying for first right now? We're in the middle of 21 days of praying for our country. We're praying that till the last Sunday of this month, which is Pentecost Sunday. But many of us, it's just so tempting to pray for ourselves first and our personal comfort, personal fulfillment. But I'm telling you, sometimes the things you go through in life, you can be changed for the better. I look back at some of the things in my life, uh, man, some of the most horrific times in our life, God stretched us and grew us and created compassion in us for things that we would have probably never had compassion for others like we have now. Got a little funny story for you. It reminds me of a man who was sizing up God by asking, God, how long is a million years to you? Do you already know this story? You do know this story. God said, a million years is like a second. The man asked, how much is a million dollars to you? God said, a million dollars is like a penny. The man smiled and said, could you give me a penny? God smiled back and said, sure, just wait a second. Yep. Isaiah 55 verse 9 says, For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I don't know about you, but sometimes when it's on a clear night, which tonight will probably be because it's, it's sunny for days, you can go outside tonight and look up at those stars, and I don't know about you, but I realize how big my God is. I'm just like, 
Wow. His ways, his thoughts are far beyond us. Romans 2.11, for there is no respect of persons with God. Why do I quote that? Every single Sunday, something happens here at IBC. You hear what's called praise reports. Now, you can either hear those praise reports and quote that verse and say what he did for them, he can do for me. Or you can be one of those people that go, well, they all, it always happens to somebody else, but it never happens to me. Which one's bitter and which one's better? See, what you don't know is there's usually a backstory behind those praise reports. What you don't know is they might have been praying for months for that, maybe even years. What you don't know is they are used to disappointments just like you. They may not be that specific thing because God came through for them. God said, yes, they are so thankful. But on the flip side, there's something else they're dealing with that they're like, but what about this, God? Everybody has their, what about this, God? Right? God, you're doing this over here, but could you please fix this? It's quiet in here because y'all know what I'm talking about. Romans 2.11, for God does not show favoritism. That's out of the NLT. I love both of them. Memorize them both out of the King James or the NLT. How do you respond when you get a no or a not now? Oh, got so much more. Just stand to your feet. The question for all of us in this room and those watching online, how are you responding when God says no? How are you responding when pain in here is so intense? When things that you thought this is what it looked like aren't the way it looks? We had company in our home the last few days, amazing company. But two days prior to them arriving, I looked at my husband and I said, I want, and I'm not even going to say their name, but I want this couple, I want them over for dinner, and this is what I want to talk to them about. They don't attend this church, but they've been friend, dear, dear friends of ours for many, many years, back I mean, a long, long time friends. And my husband said, absolutely, they're on my heart too. So while my friends were with me, they, they went out to see something. And I, I picked up my phone and I saw my phone had blown up. And I saw that the message that this dear friend of ours had went to be with Jesus in the middle of the night. It hurt it really stung. I love this person. So yesterday, that, that was on Friday, on Saturday, which is yesterday. I told you I spent the whole day with God, right? I had to go to God with what I'm preaching to you today. 
because there was a tendency that I said, God, that's not fair. You know what we wanted to talk about. You know why, why was that life cut short? This isn't fair, God. This hurts. And here I am preparing to give this message. I had to make a decision what Christina talked about. God, are you good or not? I'm here to tell you, he is a good God. He's a wonderful God. And I had to make a choice to get over into choosing to allow what hurt, stung, was a tragedy. I had to choose to get over into praising him. And I did. And I'm telling you, when you choose, there is a presence of God that's so amazing. Some of you are hearing this message right now and saying, I can't feel that presence. I can't, I don't even know what you're talking about, Pastor Sterling. I don't know what that's like. Well, I'm here to tell you, keep pressing in. Keep pressing in. Keep putting your earbuds in. Keep praising the Lord. Keep reading. Keep talking to Jesus because you will. You will get to that place. When you choose to say, God, you're a good God, there is something amazing about the Holy Spirit. When you choose to allow him to overwhelm you, to comfort you, my logical youngest daughter, each one of them was, was affected by this person that passed because this was someone that used to babysit them, loved on them. This was somebody part of their lives. And my youngest got all logical on me. Sometimes we don't want logic. But some people love logic because it helps them. And she said, Mom, God never guaranteed any of us that we were going to live a certain amount of time. In fact, God knows that each one of us is going to die and go be with him. The end result is all of us get to go live with him, Mom. If we choose that, she's being all logical with me. Like, well, yeah, you're right. Every one of us in this room, you're not going to live forever. I had to break it to you. You also have a choice, but you're going to live with Jesus someday. Every one of us, if you choose him, no matter what you're going through, bow your heads in this room. Let's do first things first. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you know him as not only your Savior, but as Lord? He, is he in charge? Is he number one of your life? And if he's not, today's your day. I got good news for you. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence that's been in this place today. God, you are so amazing. You are so good. You are so, so good. If that's you and you're like, I want to do it, Pastor Sterling, would you just raise your hands towards heaven? Today's your day. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Those watching online, do you need Jesus to be number one? Do you need him to be Savior? Do you need him to be Lord of your life? Then you also, just reach your hands towards whatever device you're watching. Would you pray this prayer with everyone in here? Come on, church, here we go. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus that forgives me where I have fallen short of your best. And I ask today that you would be number one, completely in charge. I surrender my life to you, and I thank you for your precious blood today that forgives and makes me new in Jesus' name. Church, just keep your head bowed. The Holy Spirit is talking to many of you today about how to allow him to change, to change you when things don't go the way you thought they should, to help you when you feel like all hell is breaking loose. I have three things to tell you. Wait, trust, stay calm. I have scriptures for all of them. I did not have time to go through them. You have homework. Wait, trust, stay calm. If that's you and you're like, I'm going through stuff and you need God to help you, I want you to lift your hands towards heaven and I'm going to pray for you. You're in the middle of some stuff. Father God, I thank you for hands all over here and those watching online. I ask in the Holy Spirit that you would help them on this beautiful, sunny, gorgeous day that you've created. And in the midst of gorgeous, I ask that they would learn how to wait, they would learn how to trust, and they would learn how to stay calm because you, Holy Spirit, are truly with them. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody say it. Amen. Amen.